New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's political career is in jeopardy. He's facing two bruising scandals. The first, that the Cuomo administration hid the true number of nursing home-related COVID deaths. And the second scandal, allegations of inappropriate behavior, sexual harassment, and toxic working conditions in Cuomo's office. What took place when I was there was hard to describe in terms of actual tangible incidents. It was, it was just the, the, the air it was like, I was constantly, I felt like I constantly was being watched and judged. That's Anna Liss. She worked in Cuomo's office from 2013 to 2015, and she had interactions with the governor that she says were inappropriate. She remembered a time when he walked up to her and said hello. I mean, I blacked out, like, hello, hello, governor, I'm Anna. I'm one of the Empire State Fellows. I'm really, like, excited to be here. And no, 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 that's when he asks the questions about, like, you know, so where are you from? What's, you know, you, like, it was one of those interactions where he, you know, he asked if I had a boyfriend. I wish that he took me seriously. Two other women who worked for Cuomo have accused him of sexual harassment. And now, the three-term governor is facing calls for his resignation. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, March 9th. Coming up on the show, the twin scandals rocking New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Our colleague Jimmy Vielkind covers New York State politics. In the early days of the pandemic, Governor Cuomo was there as a daily, steady voice. He was talking about what was going on and what the state was doing. He was doing these daily briefings that were being carried live on cable television. And all of a sudden, he sort of became America's governor. This country has to wake up. Wake up and smell the coffee, right? This is a life moment. It's a moment in the life of this country. It's a moment in the life of the world. So I say, my friends, that we go out there today and we kick coronavirus ass. I'm going to go to work. Thank you very much. And people just around the country started paying attention to Andrew Cuomo in a way that they, they never did before. A big part of Cuomo's COVID response was to take control. The governor's approach to COVID was sort of like the governor's approach to everything, which was to assert control and seize more power. So on the day that the first infection in New York was confirmed, the governor requested and received from the legislature 
a bill that increased his emergency powers, which would let him issue directives, executive orders, unilaterally, that had the force of state law. So he used these new powers to do things like close schools, set operation standards for businesses, set the times that bars could be open and closed. That approach is at the root of one of the scandals facing the governor today, the way the administration handled nursing homes. Like in many states, COVID deaths hit nursing homes in New York very hard. The Cuomo administration, as recently as January, said there were about 9,000 COVID deaths at nursing homes and long-term care facilities. But then, a few weeks ago, the state's attorney general said that wasn't the full picture. On January 28th, Attorney General Letitia James, without any warning to the governor, issued a report about COVID-19 in nursing homes. And in particular, what Attorney General Letitia James said was, hey, the state's official death toll attributed to nursing homes and other long-term care facilities has been underestimated by approximately 50%. We always knew who was recorded as dying in a nursing home because the deaths were recorded based on their place of death. What we didn't know was how many people who were nursing home residents died from COVID-19 after being taken to a hospital or otherwise taken out of their facilities where they lived. After the AG's report, under pressure from the public, the Cuomo administration confirmed that the number of COVID deaths related to nursing homes was much higher than they'd reported. It was actually 15,000 deaths, not 9,000. How did lawmakers and the public react to the report? There was an outcry. State Assemblyman Ron Kim of Queens was one of the first to speak out. My uncle uh, died of presumed COVID at a local nursing home in Queens. Um, He passed away um, alone, uh, suffering. And Governor Cuomo tries to empathize, says that he knows how that feels, that he does not know how that feels. But soon, a chorus of lawmakers on both sides of the aisle were asking, why wasn't this data released earlier? Well, at first, the administration said that they were working to ensure the accuracy of the data. And they said that for months. They refused requests from state lawmakers, advocacy organizations, everybody. Then we learned that in a meeting with state lawmakers, a top Cuomo aide said that there was concern that if the data were released, it would be politicized. Last week, the journal reported that aides to the governor actually altered a report that had been prepared by health department officials to exclude the full set of nursing home data. And how has the governor's office responded to your reporting that his people altered that report and there was a cover-up? They acknowledged that members of the COVID task force raised concerns and pushed not to use the out-of-facility data. But what they say is that they did so out of a belief that the data were not accurate and the data were not ready to release. When we reported that, the the Cuomo administration had sort of interfered with these numbers in that report. Uh, it, It really set people off. They really started talking about how he had engaged in a cover-up And that's when we really started to get into the place where people were seriously talking about the governor's resignation or even impeachment. What I think that this did was it showed the world that someone who seemed like a colossus maybe wasn't as strong as had initially been believed. And when that happened, people started to come forward and it sort of started to snowball on itself. 
At the end of February, a woman named Lindsay Boylan, who'd been one of Cuomo's economic development advisors, detailed allegations of sexual harassment in an online post. Boylan said that the governor kissed her on her lips without her consent during a meeting at his office in 2018. She also said that during a trip on a state airplane in October of 2017, Governor Cuomo suggested, quote, let's play strip poker. Cuomo has denied these allegations. And four aides who were on the plane said the conversation about strip poker didn't happen. Three days after Boylan's post, another woman named Charlotte Bennett stepped forward. Charlotte Bennett had what people say is probably the most damning accusation against the governor. She said that Governor Cuomo, in a meeting with her last June, suggested that he wanted to have sex with her. Ms. Bennett said that the governor asked how she felt about relationships between people um, of major age differences. Governor Cuomo is 63. Ms. Bennett is 25. Ms. Bennett said that Governor Cuomo fixated on the fact that Ms. Bennett is a sexual assault survivor and kept asking about this aspect of her history. Ms. Bennett said that Governor Cuomo asked, when was the last time she had really been hugged? And and all of it together, Charlotte Bennett said, just created this very clear implication to her that the governor was, was coming on to her and essentially grooming her for sex. In response to Bennett's allegations, Cuomo said in a written statement that he never made any advances toward her and never intended to make her feel uncomfortable. Cuomo also addressed these allegations at a press conference last week. Governor Cuomo responded by, I don't know if it's fair to say outright that he apologized, but he certainly was circling an apology. I now understand that I acted in a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional, and I truly and deeply apologize for it. I feel awful about it, and frankly, I am embarrassed by it. He acknowledged that he had made statements to members of his staff that were perhaps overly familiar, which he said he did because he believed that was just how he could create office banter in a very high-pressure, high-stakes environment, have some sort of connection with people who were working very hard with him. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never knew at the time that I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. And I certainly never, ever meant to offend anyone or hurt anyone or cause anyone any pain. But this statement from Cuomo didn't stop what was coming next. It sort of burst the dam of many people, men and women, who have had negative experiences working with the governor. In recent days, Jimmy and his colleagues have spoken to over 30 current and former staffers of Cuomo. One of those people was Anna Liss. Her story, after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. A few days ago, Jimmy drove to Rochester, New York to meet with Anna Liss. I first started talking to Anna Liss last week. Uh, she came to Albany in 2013 as the, one of the recipients of the Empire State Fellowship. She was in her late 20s at the time, and she spent most of 2014 working pretty close to the governor in the executive chamber in the state capitol. Anna says that when she first arrived in Albany, she was full of ideas and enthusiasm. But there were some parts of working in Cuomo's office that didn't sit right. I was explicitly told that the unwritten rule is that you wear heels. Mm -hmm. I did think that was weird. Mm -hmm. But then I also thought, well, they're, they're from New York City and it's like very highly visible inner sanctum. And of course, they want us to all look good. A senior advisor to Cuomo said no one was compelled to wear high heels. Anna told Jimmy of another incident that happened at a reception at the governor's mansion in 2014, when she says Cuomo walked up to her. He came right over to me and he was like, hey, sweetheart. And it was like right in the middle of like kind of, there were so many people around us, so many really important people. And he was paying this attention to me and he put his hand, you know, there on my back. Then Anna and the governor posed for a photo, a photo that was up in her office when she and Jimmy met. It's on the small of my back. There, you see his fingers there? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he asked his photographer to take that picture of me and him. I just remember the feeling of being seen and feeling in that moment like the bell of the ball just for like, 60 seconds and then everybody was talking about it the next day and I was sort of like wow maybe I'll get like elevated maybe there but nothing happened after that how do you feel about that in retrospect like a fool instead of work opportunities Anna says she started feeling objectified in some of her interactions with the governor one time Anna says Cuomo kissed her hand while she was getting up from her desk. And she says he also asked questions about her personal life, like that time he asked if she had a boyfriend. Anna says this wasn't the kind of attention she'd come to Albany for. She felt as though she was not viewed as a working professional in the eyes of the governor and some of the top aides around him. That she was really just there essentially as sign of a mannequin or, to quote her directly, quote, just a skirt. So I busted my ass to get there. And when I got there, it felt like the greatest achievement of my life. 
And I thought somehow, you know, that meant that, that everything that I had done up to that moment was paying off. I brought with me all of these ideas, things that, I, I don't know, I, I thought that we were basically told in no uncertain terms that being in this fellowship and being placed in the chamber means that you're being groomed to become a deputy secretary. Right, right, right. right. And so I'm, my knees are shaking, you know, I'm like, this is it, you know, put on your big girl pants and roll up your sleeves and get to work. Mm -hmm. And that zeal was completely snuffed out in not a very long period of time because I realized that's not, that's not why you're here. That's not what this is about. Nobody cares about your stupid ideas. Nobody cares about. <laughs> so then I just like the light went out and I, it, you know how like they explain abusive relationships where you feel stuck in an abusive relationship and you just kind of shut down and you're like a drone. That's sort of what started to happen to me. But I'm sure if you said Anna felt like a mannequin, that they'd come out and say like, she's too ugly to be a mannequin. She's not the governor's type or something up like that, you know? Anna says this work environment took a toll on her. She started seeking mental health treatment and mental health counseling. She drank heavily. She closed off and became withdrawn from other friends. After two years in Albany, Anna left her job at the governor's office. But she continued her career in government. She's now the director of development and planning of Monroe County, where Rochester is, several hours from the state capitol. Countless men have touched me in the small of my back. Countless men have kissed me on the cheek. Countless men have asked me if I have a boyfriend. I am 35 years old, and I have student loans to pay, and every job that I've had, um, I couldn't afford to lose, and you gotta put up with stuff sometimes. And that's what I just, that's that's how I filed it away in my mind. It's just, that's just how it is. Albany, it's not a secret. It's not even an open secret, it's a fact. What has Cuomo's office said about Anna's story? Governor Cuomo, was asked directly to respond to what Anna Liss said. And he didn't dispute any of the things that she said happened. What he said was that he tried to have friendly banter in the workplace, and it was his way of trying to foster a strong relationship with his staff. And he also said that he takes pictures with people. He takes hundreds of pictures with people. And this is something normal that people in politics do. How did the people you talked to who described this work environment, how did they react to Cuomo's response? Well, we know how Anna felt. She tweeted after the governor's remarks on Sunday that he was, quote, right to point out that my experience was not unique or out of the ordinary. That is exactly why I chose to speak up, end quote. But I've heard from other officials, including younger women who worked in the administration, that they weren't as troubled by the governor's gestures. Uh, there was one instance where Governor Cuomo gave female staff a rose on Valentine's Day. And, and I, I actually spoke to two women who said that they thought it was a, an endearing gesture. They all worked very hard and they thought it, it showed that the governor was thinking of them and that he would do something nice every once in a while. 
where do things go from here? Right now, the ball is in the court of state legislators. They have the ability to impeach Governor Cuomo. The leader of the New York State Senate has already called for Governor Cuomo to resign. And the leader of the state assembly has said that he should consider whether he can effectively remain in office. For so long, Governor Cuomo has justified his style by saying he was aggressive but effective. So now in light of the nursing home scandal and these former staffers speaking out, how does that approach look now? You can only get so far with fear-based leadership, to use a phrase that people have in recent days told me to describe Governor Cuomo, that you can, you can knock heads, you can threaten, you can cajole, and you could pressure, and it can get you pretty far. It can win you three elections as governor of the state of New York. But eventually, it has its limits. And it's been really striking to me to see that finally coming around, Andrew Cuomo's position has changed so incredibly rapidly. Right now, he's fighting for his political life. That's all for today, Tuesday, March 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Joe Palazzolo, Deanna Paul, Rebecca Davis O'Brien, and Khadija Safdar for their reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.